new documentary is coming. The movie Trump Card is an expose of the socialism, corruption, and gangsterization that now define the Democratic Party. Whether it is the creeping socialism of Joe Biden or the overt socialism of Bernie Sanders. The film reveals what is unique about modern socialism, who is behind it, why it is evil, and how we can work together with President Trump to stop it. Get ready, because we got the source himself this week as our guest on the Rob Manus Show. Hey folks, I'm very excited to tell you about this new group called Mammoth Nation. Mammoth Nation's on a mission to get Donald Trump reelected. We talk about this every day. This is so important. The upcoming election will determine the rest of the history of this country and change it dramatically if we don't win. So go to Mammoth Nation. I'm already a life member and I know you will be too. Trump Card is written and directed by acclaimed filmmaker, scholar, and New York Times bestselling author Dinesh D'Souza and will be released to theaters really soon. A combination of documentary footage and data interrogate the core contemporary principles of the American Democratic Party. Candid interviews examine the socialistic roots of both Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden's 2020 presidential campaigns and the implications of contemporary socialism for the future of the United States political system. Of course, the American socialist world is having a hard time with the movie, with one leftist blog saying, and I quote, as a piece of propaganda, this visual entertainment that people with low cognitive skills and already questionable moral compasses will find delightful. As a legitimate cinematic offering, though, those watching this should go in knowing that the words bad faith don't even begin to explain what I see here in the trailer, close quote. Well, we've reviewed the trailer and have some questions, so we've got the artist himself with us today, Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh is an American who believes in the promise that all of us are created equal, should be treated equally under the law, and have the same opportunity to achieve the American dream, regardless of the circumstances of our births. We are pleased to have him as our guest today on The Rob Manus Show. My friend Dinesh D'Souza, welcome to The Rob Manus Show, sir. How are you and your family uh, in this uh, coronavirus or China virus pandemic that we are still having? Well, thank you very much. I'm uh, looking forward to the show. And thank you. My family is all fine under these crazy times where... Uh, enjoying the political um, season heating up, and we're staying safe. Yeah, the election's really starting to heat up now, Dinesh, and uh, I'm excited to get you on because uh, you have a new movie coming out. It's called The Trump Card, uh, and uh, I know that uh, you, like me and many others, uh, are working to get President Trump reelected because we think his vision for the country is a positive one. Uh, American exceptionalism, uh, the right type of foreign and national security policy uh, that invites people to freedom and prosperity. 
uh, and those kind of things. So this really, when I saw the trailer, I was really, uh, really curious about it. You, you basically have three themes about the Democrats and the Democrat Party, is from what I could see in the movie. Uh, the first one is socialism. You know, the mainstream media fights against that and pushes against that all the time, that idea that the Democrats are going socialist. Uh, I'm of the opinion that they are already there, uh, especially with Bernie Sanders and what he said at the uh, DNC convention. Uh, and I gather that's where you're going. But but define that for us uh, uh, and how the movie portrays it. Uh, uh, socialism has uh, has moved into the mainstream of the Democratic Party, uh, really for the first time in our history. There, of course, there have been socialist parties and socialist candidates before, but they've been very marginal. Uh, now we have socialism riding on the back of progressivism and and dominating the Democratic Party. Uh, take a guy like Joe Biden, the gravitational pull for Biden is not coming from the center, which would be the normal thing. You're, you're now the nominee, you're running in the general election campaign, you pivot to the center, you go after independent voters. But you notice that Bi Biden keeps pivoting left. Um, he was for guns, now he's against them. He was for, he was against the uh, free college, now he's for it. He's completely embraced the Green, Green New Deal, which is the, the largest package of socialist proposals. So uh, socialism is the name of the game, and um, the activist energy on the left is all coming from the socialists. And I don't just mean the socialists in the Democratic Party, but also the socialists in academia, the socialists in Hollywood, and the socialists in the media. Now, when we say socialism, we have to be a little careful because we're not talking about exactly the old type of socialism. Of course, for Marx, socialism was built on the um, anger of the working class. And you'll notice that that's not the case of the Democrats today. Uh, they don't really have the working class. They can't count on the working class. You're, you're more likely to see a working class guy at the Republican convention <coughs> excuse me, than at the Democratic convention. So uh, for the Democrats, it's all about identity politics. And I call it identity socialism. It's a socialism married to the politics of race and gender and sexual orientation. And that's why there's so much emphasis on Black Lives Matter, transgender rights, um, the whole issue of um, uh, feminism and the Me Too movement. Ultimately, what the Democrats are trying to do is create a, a coalition of these victim groups that will somehow come together and make a 51% majority. So it's that's what they mean when they say democratic socialism. They're trying to get to a, uh, a majority so that they can then loot and oppress the rest of us. Uh, so it's a very alarming phenomenon, I think, in American history. Um, and I'm really glad that Trump is standing four square against it. In fact, he's really the main, not only has he been the classic entrepreneur, for most of his life, uh, and anti-socialist in that sense, just by what he, who he is and what he does. But he's also the political leader now of the fight against socialism. And that's, that's a large part of the reason why I call this movie Trump Card, because I think at the end of the day, we're relying on Trump to be the guy who not only goes across the finish line and wins re-election, but is able to defeat the socialist idea and also the tactics of the socialists, which have become very alarming. Paramilitary gangs on the street, the use of the deep state, uh, a politics of deception and lies. Uh, all of yeah. this needs to be exposed, and I'm glad we're doing it.
Yeah, yeah. It, uh, so it seems to me, because that's some of the, uh, the idea that I've struggled with with the old socialism, which which me and my colleagues from the national security world were pretty much experts in how that existed and evolved using the working class into communism in the Soviet Union, especially and in, in later in the in China. Uh, so so that the anger is not in the so in the working class this time that's being ginned up. It's being ginned up in the identity classes, you know, of race and uh, and uh, sexual orientation and those kind of things. That's a that's that's an interesting point that people need to understand. So you can see uh, through the veil, I think, of of the uh, uh, of the media, the propagandists, the Democrat Party that, oh, no, we're not really socialists. You know, we're working for for the downtrodden and the forgotten people and those kind of things. But the anger that's being ginned up is actually being ginned up by, from the leadership of the ticket through the party and on down from what I've seen. But the second pillar of the movie appears to be corruption. Now I know political corruption exists in every political party. I've seen it uh, firsthand myself. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I left the Republican Party, even though I'm a conservative independent and I vote 99% of the time with the party. Uh, but, but, but you tap into that corruption idea uh, in a unique way in Trump card. Where is that going and, and, and how can the voter in America and, uh, and American citizens who love this country identify this type of corruption? Well, there's a certain level of corruption that is <clears throat> built into American politics. It's it's a kind of legal corruption. Essentially, when you think about it, most of the people who give money to candidates um, mm. have something in it for them. The unions give them money because they want higher wages and better conditions. Pharmaceutical companies give politicians money because they want pharmaceutical drugs to be priced as high as possible. They want monopolies, if possible, on the drugs they have. So this is a this gives us the feeling that American politics is has an element of being a racket, and it is. Uh, but it's one thing to accept that, which is I think built into democratic politics. When you're trying to get majorities, when you have the influence of money in politics, you're going to have this sort of thing happen. You're going to have politicians who care about being reelected more than they care about anything else, and they know that money is the fuel of that. Now, that is entirely different from. Um, people at the very top of American politics, turning politics itself into a business, uh, mm -hmm. going from zero to $100 million on a government salary. Uh, now, that's been true of Al Gore. It's been true of the Clintons. Uh, it's true of Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden's corruption has been actually the most cunning of all. The Clintons tried to do it through a foundation, but even a foundation is transparent and open to scrutiny. The Biden strategy has been to do it through family members. Um, and uh, this is important because if you look at Biden's own net worth over the past generation or so, it hasn't gone up all that much. But look at the net worth of his brother, Frank Biden, and his other brother, James Biden, and his son, Hunter Biden, and they have gone up in a gargantuan way. So every time Biden goes somewhere, South America, China, the Ukraine, usually he has a family member in tow. And while he's having diplomatic meetings, the family member is cutting deals with the government or government-related entities in those countries, resulting, and remember, there are no disclosure requirements for any of that. So this is taking, I think, renting out American foreign policy uh, and giving political favors in exchange for foreign cash 
Uh, this is, I think, unprecedented. I mean, I don't think that certainly Reagan did not do it. The Bushes didn't do it. Jimmy Carter didn't do it. Truman didn't do it. So I think we're seeing a level of corruption that is perhaps unprecedented. Um, and Biden is part of that racket. Wow. That's, uh, uh, I mean, we knew about the Burisma issue because of the fake impeachment process that Pelosi made the country go through and, and Hunter Biden's role in that. But but that brings clarity to a level this this type of corruption that I don't think most Americans have picked up on yet, and they really need to know that, folks. You need to go see this movie. And, and the, next, the the third pillar I call it of, of the story in Trump card, uh, you use a term that's called uh, gangsterization. You kind of alluded to that earlier in our conversation today, but but what do you mean by that? The gangsterization of the Democrat Party. The um, gangsterization of the party operates at two levels, uh, the street level uh, and the level of the police agencies of government. So let's start with the street level. We have not, at least in my lifetime, I came to America in the late 70s as an exchange student from India. Uh, we actually haven't had this phenomenon of paramilitary street gangs that are sanctioned by a major party. I think one almost has to go back to Europe in the 20s and 30s, the brown shirts um, of Hitler and the black shirts of Mussolini, to have this phenomenon of roving, marauding groups of people, looting, burning, attacking, intimidating their opponents, even intimidating ordinary people in a cafe or going to people who live in a suburban house and trying to terrorize them there. This is going on with the approval of the Democratic Party. That's critical. There was not one word of criticism made against this at the Democratic National Convention, for example. So this, I think, is a form of gangsterization. It's street gangs. But I think even more dangerous than that would be gangsters with badges. And what I mean by this is I'm now referring to the deep state, the police agencies of the government. I'm thinking here of the FBI, the CIA, uh, the DOJ, the IRS. Now, these agencies are supposed to be neutral. They're supposed to administer and enforce the law in a kind of even-handed way. But they've been corrupted at the top. Not necessarily the ordinary agent, no, but at the level of Comey and Brennan and Clapper and Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, these top-level guys, and I'm pretty sure they, they got their orders from Obama, this is to use the weapons of the state to go after your political opponents. Again, I don't think we've seen this in American politics, certainly not in recent politics. Now, certainly we had FBI directors like Hoover who were up to all kinds of shenanigans, was secretly mm -hmm. taping JFK and Martin Luther King. But I, I don't think it would be fair to say that Herbert Hoover was trying to put his thumb on the scale of a presidential election. I don't think he would go that far. But Obama did go that far, and Comey did go that far. And so this has to be rooted out. It's probably the greatest challenge facing Trump. And when I use the phrase, when I think of draining the swamp, I think more of sweeping out the deep state, putting some of these guys in handcuffs and holding them accountable. That's the most important element of it. I think uh, most Americans that know what's going on and care about it uh, with the politicization of the intelligence agencies, the FBI, uh, the National Security Council, all of those in, in that and the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, the FISA court, uh, all of that being used against a political opponent. And in, and in a sitting president, really, they did. They continued that uh, and, and I believe continue to this day 
to try to get away with it. And I agree with you. I want to see them in handcuffs. I want to see them tried in a court of law so that the American people have their day in court over this. And I've never seen anything like it either. It's appalling. I've spent a lot of years in the intelligence community and the military. Uh, and, uh, and to have an unelected uh, set of agencies run by bureaucrats uh, with a few political appointees uh, try to ruin an administration and a president of the United States or prevent him from being elected in the first place is just absolutely appalling and has got to be dealt with. So, Dinesh, that's basically the movie. Uh, uh, it, it, but President Trump himself, he, 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 you know, he appeals, I, I believe, to the ordinary person. He, because he is, although he's wealthy and all that, he, he kind of is an ordinary person, you know? I mean, yeah, he was born into a wealthy family, but he's a builder, you know? He's a real estate guy. He, he, he believes in capitalism. Uh, I think he is way too honest for a politician. Uh, <laughs> and that's what uh, enables a lot of the crazy left-wing media and those kind of things. But is he making any inroads in the traditional Democrat voting base? I mean, we kind of hear indications of it, but it's really hard to tell. It's a little hard to tell, but I think that he's being helped enormously by the overreach of the Democratic Party. Uh, their complete surrender to the hard left, uh, their willingness to tolerate uh, not just vandalism, but arson. Um, the outright lies of the media who are obviously in full complicity with the Democratic left. All of this, I think, is a little hard to conceal. The ordinary American is catching on. So, yeah, Trump, I think, will make inroads into working class voters, uh, certainly in key states. Uh, I think he's going to make substantial inroads into the black and Hispanic vote. Now, by inroads here, I, I think it's fanciful to think he's going to get 50 percent of the black vote, but he doesn't need 50. Uh, he needs 15 to 20. Uh, yeah. He needs 30 to 40 percent of the Hispanic vote. If he does that, he breaks the back of the Democratic Party. Uh, so and the Democrats are helping him do it. So um, one of Trump's greatest gifts is ability to drive his enemies insane, to make them say and do insane things. Um, and I think he has exposed the kind of raw underbelly of the other side in a way that no previous president has done. He's even exposed the media. See, Trump, Reagan went over the heads of the media. He was above the fray. But Trump is in the fray. He walks straight up to those guys and attacks them head on. And by doing that, he draws attention to them. The key, the key for the press is to pretend like they're a mirror. Even though they're a refracting mirror, they, they fiddle and they mix and they, they manipulate the images coming into them. They don't just simply reflect them the way a normal mirror does. They pretend like they do. So the more you say, wait a minute, that's not a mirror. That's a refracting mirror. That's a, that's a funhouse mirror. You're manipulating reality and making it sound like the truth is something other than what, what it is. Trump does that. And I think by doing that, he, expo he kind of exposes one of the great weapons of the other side, which is the fact that it travels hand in hand with the media while pretending that the media is some impartial adjudicator uh, between the two parties. Yeah, I think, and I think, uh, I, again, I think you're right. The American people, the ordinary citizen, I think, is picking up on that quite a bit. And, and yeah, on the numbers, I would love to see 15 to 20 percent in the black community uh, for any president that's a presidential candidate that's not a uh, Democrat. And Donald Trump may just be the guy to do it. I, I, I sense it. 
you know, uh, uh, because I can't really trust the polls. I, I, I know you think about this stuff a lot more in depth than the average person does. So I, I have to ask you, you know, the polling is looks eerily similar to the polling with Hillary Clinton from a public polling, you know, your standard institutional polling perspective. Uh, uh, what do you think's going on? Is there anything different happening this year than there was in 2016? I mean, Biden can't seriously have that much of a of an edge. He's been sitting in his basement for seven months now. Can he? Of course not. The Democrats have uh, um, nominated a ridiculous individual. Um, and even Kamala Harris, who was nominated to kind of um, carry the first black woman torch, that whole thing has been torched because she's not a victim. She's actually descended from slave owners, uh, the, one of the largest slave owners in Jamaica. Um, now, turning to the, the, the media and the polls, the level of intimidation against Trump voters is just enormous. I mean, think of all the people who get fired from their jobs for wearing a MAGA hat or showing up at the tenure meeting, uh, you know, and saying you're for Trump. So in large sectors of our culture, the, there's a level of um, almost silent terror that is being imposed against anybody who is favorable to Trump. It's really uh, remarkable in democratic politics that you could stigmatize a major party candidate and a sitting president uh, in this way. Someone told me that in Michigan, for example, if you're for Trump, you don't put out a Trump sticker. You put out a John James sticker. Now, John James is the black guy running for the Senate in Michigan, and it's okay to have a John James sign, but it's not okay to have a Trump sign, which actually means that all the people who have John James signs, because John James is a major Trumpster. So you put yeah. out a John James sign, it's code for I'm a Trump guy, but you can't say you're a Trump guy. So what kind of madness is this? And what it really means is that the normal barometers of public opinion can't be trusted because people aren't really allowed to say what they really think. Yeah, absolutely. And it's unfortunate uh, and it appears to be getting worse, uh, especially this week. Uh, but the good news is the Republican National Convention uh, is happening and uh, they've done a fantastic job from what I can see and I look forward uh, to the continued positive message about America and about the divert I hate to use the word diversity because it's code uh, but 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 about the the broad swath of Americans from all backgrounds all races all creeds uh, that love this country and think Trump and the Republican Party in this case are the way that we need to go to preserve it uh, and the other direction is really, really risky to what we know as the United States of America. So Dinesh, when's the movie uh, going to hit theaters? Uh, I know there's been some discussion uh, uh, about it. it was supposed to be early August and now maybe September. Is that right? Well, we're actually going to release straight to video on demand, and this will be on okay. October 9th. We'll be on all the major platforms, certainly Apple iTunes and Google Play uh, and Amazon Prime and, and, and others. Uh, the reason I made that decision, I really wanted to be in the theater. All my movies have been in the theater. Uh, we were negotiating with the theaters, but the, the theater openings are so spotty uh, and so uncertain that they were saying, why don't you open in 100 theaters and then you can go to 200 and then 300. But that would mean that as we're publicizing the movie, large swaths of America would be like, I can't see this movie. And it would create a lot of frustration. So to make it simple, I decided, look, let's go straight to video on demand. This way, every single American who wants to watch this movie 
movie. We'll be able to watch it at home or anywhere on any device. You want to watch it on your phone, your computer, your big screen TV, you'll be able to do it. It's very easy to do. The date to keep in mind is October 9th. And if you want to watch our trailer, just go to trumpcardthemovie.com. Well, thank you very much. I hope we can get you back just before the movie releases then so we can get everybody's attention on it. I know uh, our LifeSet audience and Rob Mana Show audience uh, really enjoys the type of research and documentary work that you and your team do, and we appreciate you. And we just thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us today uh, to talk about the issues going on and, uh, and how there is a positive message and vision for the future of this country with President Trump. Thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. Mammoth Nation is the discount club for conservatives. You get great discounts on name brand products and services, and the proceeds help candidates who support the right causes. Plus, the money you save from just one purchase can pay for your entire membership. Liberal Democrats are destroying America, and we can't let Joe Biden be president. It's time to join the fight. Strength in numbers. We give the silent majority a resounding voice. Go to mammothnation.com and let's win this fight together. Very grateful uh, for Mr. D'Souza joining us today. We know he's a very busy man uh, and working very hard to get President Trump reelected. And we appreciate his efforts to save America, the actual America, for the future for our children, grandchildren, and our descendants. Until next week. I'm Rob Meaney.